Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Careful making wishes in a dark, dark, can't be so when it hit that. Up in the sides in a mean, mean time. I'm just dreaming of tearing you apart. That is hammer. Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh, the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Hey, what is up? It is your boy, Johnny Mags, back at you once again for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I'm joined, as always, with... Daniel Garcia. And we're back, like like we said. Uh, not a great week for Angels baseball. It hasn't been a great season, but, you know, we keep chugging along here. You know what I'm looking forward to? Like, honestly, and we'll get to some of those things when we go through the weekly um, preview, but, like, the individual things that you're kind of seeing um, from certain players, I think that's... As an Angel fan, that's kind of where you have to uh, put your hat on right now, yeah. is the individual... Um, you know, efforts out there, which is pretty cool to see on some of yeah, the guys. Yeah, there's a few guys that I'm actually kind of excited. We got a few emails, actually, that kind of coincide with, with that. And so we are in Halo Haven Studios today in Riverside, California, believe it or not. We, uh, we ruined the surprise because uh, I don't know if you saw the email. I did see the yeah, email, about- but doesn't mean that that certain person is here. It could have meant that he left us a key underneath the mat. Under- underneath the mat, right? There's going to be a new segment in our show. I don't think, I don't know if if the curator's around here somewhere, I don't know if you listened to last week's show, but uh, Duncan Healy had an idea for a new segment of the show involving the curator. But anyway, before we get going, we want to take a word from our sponsors, and we want to talk to you guys about my bookie. Football is back. AB is in Oakland. Le'Veon is with the Jets. OBJ and Jar- Jarvis Landry have teamed up again in Cleveland. And one thing that hasn't changed, though, is where I'm placing my bets this season, and that's my bookie. It's a place to bet. On football every weekend, my bookie has better bonuses and prop bets than any other sports book. Period. This year, they're hosting their first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed at least a hundred grand, and it only costs a hundred to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of a huge cash prize pool. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that have been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most reward player perks in the business for you fantasy guys out there. You can even bet the under-over on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Uh, up to a thousand first deposit bonus. Double your first deposit. You put a hundred, and MyBookie will give you an extra hundred to gamble with. Use promo code Chair to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie.ag. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. And don't forget to use promo code CHAIR when creating your account to claim the bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet, win, and get paid. So check out MyBookie. All right. One week. One week to the NFL season kicks off. We're recording this on a Thursday night. So uh, one week for you football fans out there. I'm just waiting for basketball to start. Let's go Lake Show. Lakers, baby. All right, here we go. Yeah, it's about t- that time of the year where it starts to dwindle down now, especially for the Angels. It's been a rough, it was a rough week. 
We recorded on Thursday. I believe it was an off day, right? Yeah, it was last yeah. last. Uh, they have an off day today. They played like two against Texas, and then before yeah, that, they had an off day. day on Monday, and they yeah. have off day on, they're having a lot of off days on uh, now, which I wish we had an early in the season to give some of these guys a break. But um, yeah, so uh, only what we said talk about it earlier. Only five games this week. Yeah, so they started on Friday, the day after we recorded a series against the Astros. Suarez pitching this one going four and two thirds, seven hits, three earned runs, two walks, three strikeouts. The Angels took a, uh, the lead first, two nothing, but the Astros would. Uh, they would tie the game in the fifth. They would score two more runs, score another one in the seventh. And this was a, a close game until the Astros, you know, prevailed 5-4. to four. So this was a game that Granke pitched in, and they were right. in it. They yeah, it. It, you know, they were able to get 10 hits off of Granke, but only able to muster two runs, which um, with a pitcher like Granke, you kind of hope that you're able to get – if you're able to get 10, 10 hits, hopefully you're able to produce at least, you know, four or five runs off of those 10 hits. But they're only able to get two – uh, one of the big things that happened before the game, besides the jerseys, and, and I guess we can kind of get to that a little bit later, but um, uh, Simba. Simmons was activated off the IL for this game. So, again, as Angel fans, something that you like to see is these guys kind of getting back out there and playing and being healthy. So, um, can't put your hat on much as an Angel fan right now, but at least seeing Simmons out there and seeing him uh, do what he does is, off- is awesome to see. And, and um, you know, again, Suarez – 40 uh, 92 pitches over four and two thirds like you said so again these young guys you're trying to get them out there you want them to go out and get you five six innings but when they get to 90 you know 92 pitches in yeah. less than five innings that's that's really hard as a manager to, to justify them being out there for that long yeah like you mentioned angels four runs on 11 hits but the astros five runs on 13 hits so a lot of hitting going on in this game but uh five four astros proved you know they're a better team this next game following you know saturday uh it's another another close, I guess a close game against the Astros. They lose this one five to two. Uh, Peters pitched four and two thirds to give up six hits. All five runs the Astros scored were earned against him. Two walks, two strikeouts. The Astros jumped ahead early in the first. First, well, they scored. They jumped ahead early, fast, and then scored five runs in the first three innings. That's all they needed. Is they won this one five to two and. You know, again, Angels two runs on seven hits in this game. Right, and then ten left on base doesn't help at all. Uh, I guess bright spot, I guess, of the game is Rinhifo's, uh home run in the fifth. He absolutely crushed it, and it got to the train track, so that was an awesome thing to see. Um, Peters, you know, he's been struggling in the month of August. He's for the last five games in the month. His ERA is above five, so again, uh, some of these guys that you see pitching out there in an ideal situation wouldn't be out there, and I think Peters is one of those guys where yeah. – um, Spot start is great. I think that's where his calling card is. But as far as him being a fixture in the rotation, that's not where he can um, benefit. Not or the team will benefit. I think right. he's, his 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 specialty is in, in parts here and there, maybe out of the bullpen. But again, a rough August for him. Like I said, uh, ERA over five and uh, just not able to uh, you know keep the, a good Astros offense. Like I'm giving credit, good offense, You're but right. um, keep them somewhat closer to the angels because the you know their offense angels offense have been struggling yeah this uh, i feel like this game obviously those first and third innings were deal breakers for peters i mean five right five yeah scored in the first three innings yeah that's day. really hard to, yeah. to get back in the flow especially when a team's struggling it's like you you need those quick starts those mm-hmm. you know three up three down first three innings 
more important for a team that's struggling than a team that's not because now you're kind of thinking like, okay, how can we get back in this game? Now they start pressing. Now they start maybe trying too hard where if it's 0-0 until the, you know, fifth inning, sixth inning, and then maybe one run comes across, then at least you could feel that you're still in the game because, you know, you're not giving up runs left and right. Yeah, absolutely. So heading into Sunday's game, we hope – this would be better. And it actually was a really good game until the seventh yeah, inning. Until. But Barrio went five and a third, gave up three hits, two and runs, three walks, four crates. Like I said, close until the, the eighth, actually, when the Astros right, they seven scored runs. seven runs to put yep. this game away. I mean, it was it was a close game. And again, too, individual accomplishments. Jaime Barrio went, like he said, five and a, five and a third with two, only two and runs, four strikeouts, um, three walks. Again, 90 pitches. So, again, his pitch count up there without getting, in, getting too far into the game. But... You know, Taylor Cole, like Tyler Cole, I, w- I want to talk about that for a second because for a guy that, you know, in July was probably one of the best guys in that bullpen, he he pitched in 10 games in July, an ERA of 1.06. Now you fast forward a month, not even a full, like not even a full month because we're not even out of the month of August yet, but same thing, 10 games, ERA, almost 20. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy to see a guy like him where – he was part of that great, great moment in Angels. I think will go down Angels history with the no hitter with um, Felix Pena. But then, you know, this the calendar switches to August, and for whatever reason, he has not been the same. And he's, you know, like I said, ten games, only ten innings pitched, and, and an ERA of almost twenty. So, mm. um, if you want to look at guys that are struggling, the reason why Angels haven't been winning a whole lot of games is that you need better uh, performances out of this guy. I'm not going to sit here and say better effort because you know I'm. I'm sure he's trying what he can for whatever reason, whether it's mechanical, mental, or whatever. But, yeah, that is not going to uh, produce a lot of wins when you put a guy out there and it's doing that. Yeah, so the Angels dropped the series to the Astros, as we expected. We hoped they'd pull one off, but they didn't. Uh, Monday, like we talked about, they had an off day, and they came back to the Big A. On Tuesday, started a short two-game set against the Texas Rangers. In this game, Andrew Heaney pitched six innings, gave up four runs. Uh, four hits, no earned runs, three walks. He struck out 10. He continues to be dominant over the Rangers in his last two starts. Great to see uh, Heaney kind of develop. I would hope that he can pitch against another team and see if he can do it against somebody else. Well, I mean, if you, you, know? if you look, again, his last two starts have been, have been against Texas. But yeah. if you go f- a little bit further back, um, his first start off the IL, they really abbreviate him because they kept him on a strict pitch yeah. limit. But after that, his last three starts, his 21 pitches or 21 innings, only 12 hits, four earned runs. Okay. But what really impressed me about his return back from the IL, twenty or 30 strikeouts to only three walks. That's good. That's a great, yeah. great ratio there with an ERA of 1.71. So, again, <laughs> if this, if he can step up and be – and he said even after this game, he wants to show the Angels organization and just, I guess, people out there that he can be a one. He can be that um, front of the rotation kind of guy. And if he has that attitude and he can come out there and show this on a consistent basis, then – you know, theoretically he can't because that's number one kind of numbers right there. But again, yeah. with him, it's more health and more consistency. I mean, if you can get this this kind of output by him, then that's great. But Absolutely. again, um, just you have to hope that he stays healthy and he's able to, um, you know, keep on this on this consistent streak that he's on right now. Right. So the Rangers took a early one at the need in the third, and it would stay that way until the seventh when the Angels loaded up the bases and they finally got to minor. And they got to him on a Cole Calhoun, Calhoun two-run double. 2-2 two, two, in the air to right center field. That's going to give the Angels the lead. Upton scores. Pujols will be held at third. A two-run double for Cole Calhoun. 
And that inning would continue, luckily, for the Angels as um, uh, Brian Goodwin would step up to the plate and and secure a pinch hit, two-run single. Um, And in the eighth inning, the Angels patting their lead to five to two on a solo shot by Mr. Mike Trout. Two, two, Trout. He's got the lead at 43. It's also his 11th home run of the year against the Rangers. A new franchise record. And like you heard there, that was number 43, putting him ahead in the home run uh, derby here the, during the season. We're um, not worthy! We're not worthy! We're not worthy! Put him ahead of Pete Alonzo and, and uh, Bellinger there. And then. Also a career high for him right there, 43. Yeah. With, so, a whole, with a whole another month to go in the season. Yeah, so, hey, he's uh, 43, 44, 45. 50? Did he get 50? We talked about this. I think we talked about like two. two Podcasts ago, does he get? He's at forty three. I think he'll get to fifty. He'll get to fifty. Uh, random person in the crowd, does he get to fifty? Fifty home runs. Yes. yes, random person in the crowd says yes. Fifty home runs. So that would make it five two, and that would it would stay that way because the Undertaker would shut the coffin door. Right now, he'd be saying we're nasty. <laughs> so it's good coming home, getting the win. Very close game. This was a game that they could have easily lost. But they got to minor yeah. finally. Yeah, and that and that was the big thing because minor was shutting them down. One hit, I think. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, for the first part of the game, you're just thinking to yourself like, "Oh man, they're not able to put two hits together, let alone something, you know, a run." So yeah, that 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 double by Cole that seemed to open up the floodgates and was able to, um, you know, get the Angels kind of like in the groove, which was great to see. Trout, whenever he hits a home run, it's exciting to see. This one was an absolute rocket. Smashed it. I think I saw the the exit velocity is at like a 114, and it was it cleared the. I mean, for fans that have been to Angel Stadium, it cleared both bullpens and left field. By plenty too. By yeah, like by five or six exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's cool to see him and again. Individual kind of you know uh, achievements is, is I think as Angel fans you can put your hat on Trout hitting 43. Uh, home runs, Andrew Haney coming out for a third straight time and just dominating um, this kind of stuff as fans you know, I, I, I count myself, this is the kind of stuff I'm kind of looking forward to each time this game is, can we see if this guy does this or can we see if this guy does that sometimes it, it equals a win and sometimes it doesn't but at least you can say to yourself, hey look what's coming up in the future because right now that's what the Angels are playing for. Yeah, so they were heading into yesterday's game, the 28th. Was it was it me or is it was it just kind of weird that they're playing Texas, a two-game yeah, series. and then that's it. They don't play them anymore after this. It, to me, it was game. like two-game series are usually when they play the Dodgers or when they play an NL team. But usually when they play, especially someone in the division, they usually at least play three. So when they played two this time, I was kind of I was kind of surprised by that, to see that on the calendar, Texas for two. Yeah, that's a little weird. So Texas two-step. Yeah. Uh, California two-step against Texas. But, yeah, there you go. Uh, yesterday's game, the 28th. Angels were hoping to take the you know the two games, but it didn't work out that way. Completely no offense by the Angels at all yesterday. Well, I think too uh, uh, going back a little bit, uh, Middleton was activated on Tuesday yeah. after fifteen, I think like fifteen and a half months. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole Taylor Cole, the one we were talking about, he was the corresponding move and got moved down. But um, yeah, but also too with the Wednesday game, Trout out of the lineup with, I guess they said a bruise on his foot that he's been dealing with for a little bit. So. Um, and a good day to take them off. I mean, right? You're, rest you, day today. Yeah, so it's almost two. It's two full days off. But yeah, uh, yeah. Sandoval pitched five innings. Only gave up one hit. No one runs. Three walks. He struck out nine. 
that's pretty good. Um, so he did decent enough. But again, like no offense. Keenan Middleton, I think, was a bright spot because he. Was well, yeah, he made his return. debut, and yeah. and and even on the day he got activated on Tuesday, he didn't pitch. But the day he got activated, he was saying pregame how um, emotions. He had to work. He had to you know kind of put his emotions in check. And I think even um, someone put out on Twitter that he he felt he wasn't doing a great job of it because I mean, like you said, like I said, fifteen months since his last MLB um, pitch, and and the fact that he was able to even get out there and. Yeah, he gave up a run that wasn't necessarily his, but um, the fact that he was even out there, again, individual kind of accomplishments, him being out there and, and you know, going through an inning or two-thirds of an inning when he pitched and able to just get out get out there, pitch, and stay healthy. I think that's that's an awesome part of the game. Awesome. So, okay, so that wrapped it up again. The Angels only they played five games this week, only won one from you know, our last podcast that we did. Um, any news other than corresponding moves that you want to talk about? Like- no, I mean, those are the big moves as far as Simba getting activated on Friday and then again Middleton getting activated on Tuesday. Um, but another big part of the news that happened, and, and if you listen to the podcast on a regular basis, you realize how close we are and how fortunate we've been with um, the minor league system and the Inland Empire 66ers in general. But they came out, the Arizona Fall League came out with their roster and and for people that are interested in it, Joe Adele, Brandon Marsh, Jemiah Jones, Aaron Hernandez, Nathan Bates, Isaac uh, Madison, Franklin Torres, and Austin uh, Warren are all going to Arizona for the Fall League. It's about a month of baseball, but this is a cool chance to see a lot of the team's top prospects. For people that don't know what the Fall League is, um, it takes place in Arizona. And you have top prospects from every team out there, and then they put like five teams on a single team, and that's that's the team top prospects. So you're not obviously not going to see the trouts, you're not going to see the guys, the veteran guys, but these all these up and comers, and, and and you know, like I said, with our relationship with Inland Empire, we we've talked to Joe Adele, we've talked to Brandon Marsh, we just talked to Jemiah Jones last week, Aaron Hernandez, we talked to. So these are the guys that, as an Angel fan, and, and again, depending how big of a fan you are these are the guys to look out for uh moving into obviously with with joe moving into 2020 but even brandon maybe at the end of 2020 early 2021 jeremiah jones again also maybe t- end of 2020 early 2021 but these are the guys to look out for and this is something to keep your eye out for i would think as an angel fan just to see how they do again um it's not the end all be all it's not you know they did great they did horrible but it's just cool to see these guys out there getting more at bats more um, opportunities against a really good quality opponent in the Arizona Fall League. Absolutely. Good way to check. If you're close by, make the drive. All right, so that wraps it up for our weekend review slash news segment of the show. We are going to go to commercials and then come back for a, a, a segment of our show, uh, of our podcast. Makes a return. Um, so, yeah, but before we go on our commercial break, want to take a, free, a little minute to, to let you guys know about our newest sponsor of the All Angels podcast and Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Want to increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed? Well, listen up. BlueChew.com. That's like blue, like the color blue, like Dodger blue, unfortunately. Uh, My boy blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable uh, with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take them anytime, day or night. On a full stomach or empty. And since they are chewable, they work twice as fast as a pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. If you could benefit from extra function and more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is the fast and easy way to enhance your performance. Guys, most guys talk a good game, but Blue Chew helps you follow through. 
like like a Mike Trout follow through on a swing. You know what I mean? With a hard bat. Yeah. Hashtag, no, never mind. Blue Chew is <laughs> Wrong prescribed podcast. online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, no awkwardness there, no waiting in the pharmacy. And best of all, like I said, no more awkwardness. Uh, this isn't awkward at all. Yeah, no. They're, ma- uh, they're made in the USA, so red, white, and blue. Uh, since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, uh, they're cheaper than getting them at the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free with your use of promo code ARMCHAIR. Just pay the $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E, Chew.com, promo code ARMCHAIR. Try it free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank you them for sponsoring this podcast. We'll be right back after this. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. And we are back. Thank you back. to our sponsors for uh, supporting the show. and Blue Chew on my bookie. Blue Chew, my bookie, for sure. Groomgoon.com and uh, The Punk Corner on Epic Radio. All right, it's about that time. It's everyone's favorite segment what? of the show. Let's go. It's the Curator here with another edition of the Curator's Chronicles. <sighs> Fans go wild. Uh, this day, um, August 30th. Let's go with August 30th. That's when you guys are going to be mostly listening close to this enough. podcast. Close enough, right? Yep. What does it matter? All right. <laughs> You're in the general. We got two for you. Uh, this is actually coming off the Angels website, Angels History. So um, uh, two different ones. Uh, 2009. Okay. John Lackey tosses eight shutout innings versus Oakland to become one of five Angels to reach 100 wins with the club. Pretty impressive, right? Yeah. So um, I don't know about your thoughts about John Lackey, but um, I know for a while. I liked him as an angel. I liked him as an angel, but then he signed that contract with Boston, and he became public enemy number one, I think, amongst the eyes of a lot of Angel fans. But we always do look back to 2002 and what he did in his rookie season. Yeah. So now, like, in his career, do we look back at his tenure as being something, like, we respect? Or is it still that kind of like that Benedict Arnold traitor kind of attitude? I mean, I'm always going to look at him as a douche, like Mike (laughs) Napoli. Um, 
But you can't take away the fact that he won 100 games with one team. And there's probably only a handful of angels. Probably, let's see, Nolan Ryan, Mark Langston, Chuck Finley, and probably Jared Weaver. And I think the list probably stops there. Yeah. On a side note, uh, kind of a, a, an anecdote to go along with John Lackey. I didn't really like John Lackey too much. I was trying to break his bobblehead a few times. I didn't really want to include it in the case in the Haven. I know. I, I have of, the Lackey bobblehead. I threw. I gave away my Napoli bobblehead because I hate. Yeah, I Napoli. know. I know your thoughts. Yeah. So my friend uh, was co- close to one of the Angels, and they all went out and partied after a, a game one time, and so they went to I think it was some bar out in the OC. I think it was that Tap House, that seven one four Tap House. So into the night, they kept the bar open because it was Kennedy, Napoli, oh, Lackey, snap. and I think it was like three o'clock in the morning. But um, Lackey tucked a $100 bill into my friend's pocket and said, you know, for the ride home. So that did kind of change my mind wow. a little bit. Like, he seemed like he was a pretty cool dude off the field. And I I, th- I always liked how he was down to down to throw at people and down to rumble if, yeah, if need I be. His, I do respect that. I liked his grittiness and his attitude when he was on the Angels. Yeah, of course. once he left and once whatever. He left. And then he went to the Red Sox, yeah, so that made it worse. So. Uh, second one. Uh, you know. Year 2000, uh, Ron Gant. Ha! Remember, he was yes, an angel. he was an angel. Periwinkle yeah. years, your yeah, favorite uh, Your favorite period. Mm-hmm. Uh, his solo home run in the ninth inning off Toronto's Kelvin Escobar, who would become an angel yeah. later on, right, yep. was the 123rd home, uh, 123rd home run in the season at Edison Field, which is the most home runs at any home venue in a season in club history. Uh, previously, the record was their inaugural season, 1961, at Wrigley, Wrigley Field, Field. Yep. in Los Angeles. So, um, wow, that's, that's kind of crazy to think about. It was their third venue in club history, right? right. Uh, a couple years over at the Chavez Ravine, right. as they called it. But um, that was the year, do you recall, the, um, the, uh, that we set the AL record? For and, guys with 30 home runs. Yeah, four guys with over 30 home runs. Mo and, Vaughn, and you know it. Mo Tim Vaughn. Salmon, uh-huh. Garrett Anderson. And Come on. Jim Edmonds? No, wait. Jim Edmonds is gone already. Uh, Anderson, Salmon, Vaughn, and Gloss. Gloss. Yeah. yeah, I think he put up the most that year. 47, was that the year? In a season? It's Gloss. 123. Or you mean home runs by yeah. a team? No, no, no. By, by a player at home. Oh, at home? I don't know. In a season, it's it's 47 by Troy Gloss. And then the Angels went out to put it. They put on a promo poster the next I year have that called somewhere. the Bomb Squad. Yep. Has all four of them in front of the uh, stadium. It's kind of epic. I used to have one up here in the in the garage somewhere. But yeah, Periwinkle Power hashtag Periwinkle Power. That's in in those days. That's all we had to like. We weren't a complete team yet. I think we just had power guys. And they also made a you know. giveaway bat, which they don't do anymore. For, yeah, the uh, Fox Sports Net. Yeah, uh, and it was it was actually really well done. Yeah, um, but uh, you can understand in this day and age in which we live, you can't give out uh, full size right. wood bats at games. It just yeah. doesn't it wouldn't go over well. Well, I mean, you can you give out thunder sticks, and, but you can get thunder sticks size, are all right. You can get a full size hard bat at bluechew.com. But anyway, so <laughs> shameless plug. Yeah, but that wraps up another edition of the Curator's Chronicles. All right, so 
that seemed uh, special because it, it hardly Very. happens. Yeah. It hardly happens. So I know some of our loyal listeners who email the show, or, or at least one of them, is happy that, that the show. Chris has fans. Like, Loki, Chris, Chris, Chris doesn't think he does, but Chris has fans. He doesn't know it yet. Right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Chris, right. headshots available um, after the season. We'll get that information out to our our loyal listeners out there. He will. Uh, he will sign autographs. He's not ashamed to do that. We've we have before. You know, as a member, as a captain of the Riverside Smudge Spots as well. You know, he's not just a, a one trick pony. All right. So let's go into our emails for this week. Uh, again, you guys can email us at allangelspodcast at gmail Lamar Washington did so. It's not much of a of a question but more of a comment he said hey guys just going through the motions lol at least we got we get to see mike trout like you said it's yeah just, this is there you go that's what it boils down to now this season boils it, down it to almost ball. seems like too every single time especially now at the end of the year something's coming up you know his home run now he has his milestones now right his career high now amount and home runs now break the angel single season right record. that's the next big get thing to now. 50 right and and being able to do all that stuff, I guess now that's the big part of, um, you know, that's a big part of just being able to watch a game. But granted, obviously the last month isn't going to be the best baseball to watch, especially with the schedule the way it is. But then again, this is, you know, what we have. Yeah. So our uh, next question, I guess, comes from Duncan Healy and Dead Horse Alaska. Chris is number one fan. Duncan Healy. He says, so where in Riverside is Chris San Diego? Right here. Are we all- <laughs> hey, I see what you did there. Hey, he said that uh, the we should change the name of Curators Chronicles to Where in the World is Chris San Diego, right? That's what he said That's last what week. was last week, yep. Yeah. Um, he said, are we all in agreement that although the end of the baseball season sucks, we're kind of ready for it to be over? What are your thoughts on Duncan's question there, Daniel? No, and I get what he's saying, but kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier in the podcast, is like, ready to be over? Yes and no, because once baseball season's over, it kind of sucks because I like watching the games day in, day out. Yeah, man. That That's sucks. the one thing about baseball I really like is it's yep. the everyday kind of grind of it. Something to watch uh, every day. Right. And, and two, like we said now, you have those milestone things coming up with Trout's home runs, with RBIs, with, with stuff like that. And being able to see if, if Andrew Haney, if – if the um, if the other pitchers in the in the, org- in the organization, if the other pitchers in the minors can step up and do that, but uh, you know, when baseball is over, regardless of the record, I'm always just at least a little bit sad. Absolutely, like like you said, I like being able to watch every Angels game, something on TV. Even when the Angels aren't playing, I'm watching the, the I get Fox Sports San Diego, so I've been watching a lot of Padres games this year. So, and then anything that comes up on, like, you know, MLB Network, you know, you're more in tune to the baseball season. When it's over, it kind of sucks. But, yeah, I know what you mean, Duncan. Like, this season just really hasn't been, you know, what we wanted it right. to be. But I think, too, so, kind of going back to way back to before the season started, I think our main thing this season was, you know, they could compete for a playoff spot if everything went right for them. And, obviously, nothing went right. Yeah, a lot of stuff didn't go right with them. So, where the Angels are right now isn't necessarily a, a huge surprise t- to myself. Or just, me. Yeah, just considering what has happened. You know, obviously, if everything was, if everyone was healthy, if everyone was there the whole season and this was still the record they have, then, yeah, then I think there's a whole kind of, what are we doing with this? What are we doing with that? But the fact of 
the health, the you know, the untimely death of, of, of Tyler, I mean, that weighs heavy on a, on a team regardless. So, um, you know, it, it kind of is what it is right now, and, and that's kind of unfortunate. All right, so the next one comes from Edward Viscaino, and I really like this question because I myself, I am pretty impressed of what I've seen from this young man. Where do you guys see Sandoval fitting in the Angels rotation moving into the 2020 season? Uh, honestly, I don't know if he's even in the rotation because, okay, Best case, we'll, we'll, I think we should do this. Best case scenario, worst case scenario. Best case scenario, Angels get Garrett Cole. Knock on wood. Um, okay, so he's your one. You have Otani back. That's can be your two. Andrew Haney, the way he's been pitching, he could be your two. Otani could be your three. So either way, those those two guys. Um, another free agent. Another probably for, again. Best case scenario, another free agent. He could be your fourth, fifth. Now this is where he could compete for a fifth slash six. Yeah. Because because Canning Canning's gonna come back if everything's healthy he can Canning's probably gonna be that fifth guy because I think out of all the young pitchers Suarez Jaime and Canning I think Canning's oh, for sure. head oh, and shoulders yeah, above Canning, those yeah. guys so Canning's he a guy. you're right he's probably that fifth so now with with Otani back in the mix you are now gonna look against Six. that six man rotation so I think that's where you come in with with the Suarez Suarez Jaime and Sandoval, and Sandoval. so again he can compete for that spot but it, but. Uh, Jaime came out and he's he's kind of changed some things up and he said how how upset he was about spring training saying that he wasn't being part of the rotation but he didn't break camp with the team and how that yeah. upset him and now he's kind of had this new kind of focus to the team and 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 maybe that propels him to be a solid number six number five because again you're going to need a six next year with Otani in the mix as a pitcher now so where where do you see I uh, yeah he's on the outside looking in but I do think he can. Pretty, he he's in real good contention. If the Angels decide to do the, a six starter, I and, think I, and I, a, honestly, I wouldn't even mind seeing him in the bullpen. Yeah, me either, me either. But I, you know what, I like him a lot. I like the fact that he's still young, still developing. He shows a lot of promise, a lot of poise out there. Um, he's a lefty, so which is right. which kind of gives him an upper hand there in that area because the Angels, you know, they don't have a lefty in that rotation uh, other than Heaney. You know, so to add another guy in right. there, you—that's two lefties in your rotation. But he's on the outside looking in because Jaime last year led the team in wins, um, so you kind of can't disregard that. Suarez has filled in nicely when you know when he pitches well. He's like Sandoval when he's he's on his game, he's good. But he's young as well, so three young guys competing for that possible sixth spot. But I do think I agree with you. I think Jaime Maria might be the number one. You know, candidate to win that job, like sick that six spot, yeah. Because, like we said, honestly, if again, best that's, this is best case scenario. Yeah. So now let's now let's kind of flip it. Worst case scenario, okay. Let's say they don't get Cole, okay. Which, you know, everything you're hearing out there, and if you listen to our interview um, a little while ago with the Houston Chronicle reporter, he said uh, everything is has been you know pretty pretty set forward as far as. Um, Cole saying that he loves the Angels and he wants to be there with the Angels and be there for um, for the Angels. But the thing is, though, you know, if this doesn't happen, how does it how does it work with the rotation? Okay, so now you have maybe now Andrew has to be that number one because I don't know if you can consider Otani a number one with um, with him only pitching you know ever so often because of the whole hitting thing. So I, so now you have you know Haney. Otani, um, maybe you still get a secondary kind of pitcher as the three, 
Canning as a four, and now that five six spot. Now you have two spots for three of those guys, right. and maybe then he breaks in with the yeah. team, but not not before, not before. And again, this is worst case scenario. I still think they at least get. I think they get Cole. Maybe they don't get the secondary guy, but I definitely think they'll they'll get Cole. And I I really honestly do think the Angels are are looking to get two uh, starting pitchers. I really do think that they they will uh, pick up a Cole plus somebody else. If they don't pick up Cole. I do. I do probably see them only grabbing a veteran free agent pitcher type guy. I don't see them going out and getting two number threes just because they're out there. Um, they already have that in in these young guys. So um, worst case for me would be no Cole, but then you know um, one free agent, and then they amongst everybody else, Otani coming back. Otani probably being the right. number one, number two guy. Yeah, because I, I don't know how you feel about Otani being like considered number one, considering he doesn't yeah, pitch. He's coming back too. Well, he's coming back from Tommy John, but also that, but just he doesn't pitch like on a normal schedule like everyone else because of the DH right. role. So, you know, Patrick Sandoval, it's a good conversation because I think in the rotation next year again, you know, if we get Cole and if they don't get anyone else after that, I still think the rotation's in a good spot. Health being considered obviously right but if if canning's uh issue isn't huge then that's great then he can fit in that rotation easy and now he's kind of moved down a little bit in that like we said fourth or fifth spot depending yeah. on what they do but the big thing is that you have cole sitting there being the top number one guy that the angels haven't had since what weaver in his prime and even and even then weaver was borderline number one like weaver Weaver was really good, but wasn't considered a Verlander, Garrett Cole type guy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's been a long time. But Weaver is the closest thing we've had in, uh, since, you know, probably like Nolan Ryan even. You know, because even when we won the World Series in 2 we didn't have an ace. Our ace was Jared Washburn. So, you know, Angels, maybe since since Nolan Ryan haven't had a a Garrett, you know, like a Garrett Cole type guy, man. So if I were to tell you Garrett Cole, six years, two hundred million dollars, what would you feel more comfortable taking the over? Say it costs them because the record right now for money, I believe, is David Price at two hundred and seventeen million. His agent's Boris. His agent loves just the fact that he can put, let's say, I got the record for this. Now, if it comes up and he wants two twenty for six years. Because he wants to beat the and that's and that's what you saw with Harper. The Harper thing was, what was it, thirteen years for three hundred and thirty million or yeah, whatever? 30, yeah. And it wasn't even really about the the annual value. He wanted the the years and the overall money kind wow. of the, the, to be like, yeah, I got that. So if you were to offer, if you had to offer Garrett Cole, like I said, six years, let's say two twenty. It's always a little hard for me. I've always been against spending that much money on a pitcher because, you know, they play every fifth day. They get hurt. It's about 30, 36.7 per year. If, 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 the contract, if the contract is long, like six years like that, backload it a little bit so that they can. Oh, they'll definitely backload it. So that it. they can maneuver the, the Well, the that, not, only that, not only not only not only that, not only that, but it's you backload it now. Once Albert comes off, now you have that more flexibility to pay yeah. the back end of it because the front end, yeah, you kind of want to hopefully like push you it back. To, you want to you want to form a team. 
that, right. that's going to But, but the cord. one thing I will say, and people can argue about it all they want, but the Angels have something that's very, very valuable. That's cheap talent. I mean, yeah. Fletcher. I mean, you look at the. Uh, you can debate whether or not they'll be on the team next year, but Renhifo, Fletcher, um, Adele, Adele when he comes up, Otani, uh, Otani. Like these guys aren't making huge money. Yeah, your big money guys are Trout, Trout, and Pujols, Pujols. and that's yeah. it. Up, 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 then. Well, Calhoun can be done at the end of the year. Yeah. So that's if you're going to invest that much. I can see you saying, okay, buy Calhoun. We're going to save that money, and and even if you just give Goodwin that. You bring Goodwin up, let him play the outfield until Joe's ready, and then you bring up someone like a Hermosillo that can play that fourth outfield. Yeah. Which, before the season, they thought he was going to be the fourth yeah, outfield guy anyways. Sure the guy. So you could save, I think his option is what, like 13, 14, 13, 14 million there. So, again, it can, they can work around the money. Just, this, this signing is going to be a um, Artie Moreno kind of deal. Like, yeah, uh, uh, Epler's going to be out there talking to the guy. But it's going to come down to whether or not Artie wants to pay the money because Epler can only do so much. It's going to be that owner, especially with a big contract that this is going to be. Yeah, he's going to have to give the okay on it. Uh, considering taking into consideration that Pujols is off in you know two years, um, Cole's probably gone. At, they're not going to re-sign him after next year. He might be gone after this year, for all we know. Considering all that, I'm okay with it if you bring him in. No, I, really I yeah, I think I really am. Before, if without all that, maybe maybe I'm more skeptical. I'm like, nah. But seeing all the money yeah. coming off the books, I think I'm okay with it. Yeah, especially, again, with Albert coming off in a couple of years when probably that contract is really going to be. Yeah, that's uh, like 32, $34 million off the, the books per year there. Right, and that's pretty much right there. There's there's, there's what you're paying Cole. There's, the, about to say, there's like yeah. 80% of what Cole's making yeah. right there. So, um, Okay. It, <sighs> Angels need to do this. And I think, honestly – I haven't given Epler any kind of grief or anything like that, like a lot of people have. But if this doesn't happen, he's. I think he's going to be on the hot seat. Unless, unless the Yankees come through and say, "Here's three hundred and something million," because we're the Yankees. And- right, but I don't. Well, they didn't. I mean, they were quote unquote supposed to do that with Corbin. Look how that turned out. They didn't That's do true. that. That's true. So the Yankees are kind of. I mean, they have. They still have the same amount of deep wallet as they've always had, but it just seems like now. They're not so eager to just be like, oh, what do you want? $200 million? Sure. Oh, you want $150 million? Okay, cool. Let's go get this guy. Let's go get that guy. They don't seem like that kind of Yankee team anymore. They they have the money. They do. But it seems like they're almost oddly being more um, conservative with their money than, True. like you said, like like maybe like in the 90s or early 2000s and stuff like that. But yeah. um, I don't know. If, and even, too, if, if the Yankees and the Angels match offers, I don't see him going to the Yankees. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. He's he's a. Uh, no, we we guy. heard from our guy. We heard from our sources. You know, well, even like when we went back and going to Rhett, uh MLB yeah. writer, he even said at the All Star game he was asking Angel fans or not fans, but players, hey, how's the system run? How's the front off? Like asking their opinion about how things are ran. For if he does get in in there, then he already has an idea of what what to expect, which I think is a huge. Um, green flag for the angels right. i think honestly they're gonna to have to try to mess us up yeah and like our our uh our buddy uh rome over there from the houston chronicle t- told us and he's the guy that follows the the astros around cole has made no you know has not made it a secret that he grew up an angels fan right exactly and, and that's and, 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 that's, and that's the funny part about yeah. it is that it's like he's not 
like, oh, not shy I'll, about I'll, it. I'll talk about it at the end of the year, or I'll, I don't want to talk about it right now, or we'll, it happens when we get. Like, no, he he's been open with his thoughts about it and how, like he said, Chandler Rome, like he said, it, it, it's on his bucket list now. And you kind of had a funny thing about it. You yeah. just hope it's on his bucket list now, not on his bucket list when he's you know 35. 30, 36 and it has like two more years left, you know, of good. Dave Winfield, so- yeah, like, sound familiar? Exactly. So. Um, Ron Gant, Glenn Allen Hill, Jose so, Canseco, Eddie yeah. Murray. Keep it going. Let's see what else. Wow, Mike Marshall, Fernando Valenzuela, hey, how, Cecil Field. I'm about to say Mo Vaughn was on the team for how long? Five years. Okay. He did all right. He just wasn't Mo Vaughn Boston from Boston Red Sox. Yeah, I'm about to say, yeah, East you know, Coast Mo Jeff Vaughn. Judin, Ken Hill. Yeah. Yeah, that's something all right. Yeah. Well, Hubie Brooks. Day. Hubie Brooks. Usually a former Dodger. Yeah. There you yeah, go. You're right. Uh, yeah. So, anyway. one more thing that too I want to talk about, you know, so this pitching thing. A lot of people are kind of again, if you follow us on Twitter, Halo underscore Haven on Instagram, Halo underscore Haven, and even our Facebook page. A lot of people are talking about not going three times through the lineup with these young pitchers. How do you feel about that? I think it's kind of stupid because then how does a guy ever develop his arm? How does a guy ever learn to get that deep into a game? Your baby, your baby, and them like, okay, that's it, no more. Even if the guy's doing good, they pull the guy now. Even if he went through the – well, no, but I'm saying if this is going to be a constant in Major League Baseball, it's stupid because the guy's doing great. You're never going to let him go out one more time to see if he can get them out. These guys are never going to learn the, the process. And, and, this, and this came up, you know, obviously with the Wednesday game, Patrick Sandoval going five innings, but his pitch count only 84. So you would think – yeah, he has another inning Didn't in him. Get him he, to ninety five. Ninety five. Yeah, I, I mean, even if he, maybe you let him go out there, and then if a guy gets on, okay, then you pull him. Right. But at least let him go out there and and at least attempt to do it because if he gets like two or three quick outs, then yeah, his pitch count's at ninety. You keep him at that ninety kind of range, and then, then, then you, you pull, him. pull him. Then yeah. you pull him. Yeah. yeah. So this is something interesting to see at the end of the year. I'm. I don't know if because they seem the Angels have seemed very hard and fast on. Every time you look at a pitch count for the younger guys, it always seems to be around that 85, 90 range. And for some guys, it's like the fourth inning, so you understand that. Yeah. But when a dude's kind of cruising in the fifth and he's only in the 84, you kind of want to at least see him at least see him a little bit start out the sixth. But I don't know if you think maybe it's, it's a health issue. Like, I mean, if the guy's not complaining about anything and he's fine, I don't see why not. You know what I mean? Right. No, I I, I, just, I agree. I don't. With you I don't completely. understand it. It's 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 one of those new baseball things where, you know, I'm I just don't get it. I mean, I remember even when I was growing up, you know, Chuck Finley, Chuck Finley would, Chuck Finley would throw 121 pitches like in a game. I did. I used to have to walk from 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 Casablanca all the way to Sierra Middle School. That's pretty pretty long walk back and forth. In the snow back. And, Back then. In the gunshot snow. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, no, yeah, I mean, it's just you're never going to see guys, you know, these young guys especially go 120, 130 pitches, you know. Just, well, I think that's just baseball thing. I, think, I don't yeah. think that's an angel well, that's thing. that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. Baseball in general. I'm, I'm talking about baseball as a whole. Like, this whole thing is not just an angel thing. I think it's you see, you're seeing it around Major League Baseball where third time around the lineup, you better take them out. You know, the opener thing. The opener thing I kind of get, but, you know. You just once a guy, if a guy's cruising and he's at 70, 80 pitches, and you're only you're gonna pull him out because he's re, he's this is the third time around the lineup. You better not let him face one more guy. I think it's pretty ridiculous. And then too, we we were talking about a little bit last week, and, and it happened this weekend. The players players weekend uniforms. 
the black and the white. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I didn't see a lot of people that liked them except for you because you like the black. Well, I like the black jersey. But, but the I funny didn't, part, I didn't. I didn't even. Really, I didn't even. Well, I like the black. I didn't like the black pants. I like uh, yeah, the navy and red from last year. Yeah, I didn't never said I didn't like it. I just said I like the black one. But like, honestly, and I didn't really even realize it that the whites, the all whites, you can't even see like the whole no, you thing. You can't see nothing. You couldn't see anything. So like, their big thing coming into the season was, or the players' weekend was colors, hey, col- not even colors, but like nicknames, and you could put whatever you want in the back and this and that. But if honestly, if you're in the crowd, and even if you're like in the first like three rows, you can't see the nicknames because it's white on white, and it's like. I don't know because they went then and, and then correct me if I'm wrong. They went for the all blacks. They went black uniform. I, I didn't and like white and white white uh, letters and white name, yeah, right? Yeah. So I don't know why on the whites they didn't go all white with the black numbers and black nameplate because then because then at least it pops and you can yeah. read it. But that was kind of like and it too was kind of funny to see the the home teams when they're wearing all white. The pitchers having to wear, wear a black, the black hat. hat. Yeah. Okay. I I didn't like the black pants. I think if you were, they would wear gray pants, it would have popped better. It more it, it looks it, you're just looking at a oh just from head to toe wearing black. Yeah, one of the, one of the things in Players Weekend that I've always liked was the uniforms because, like you said, like Chris said, the, the the navy blue and the red was cool, something different. But now it's just like okay, it but it was a team color. Yeah, it yeah, was you yeah. you knew who you were watching. If you turned on a TV that weekend and didn't see any of the graphics as far as like you know on the bottom right hand corner who's playing, you had no idea who was playing. You you mean you didn't? I, I mean, the only thing I guess to look forward to now is is the uh, is the bats and the cleats because that was cool. I mean, seeing the customization of that stuff is all always awesome uh, on that custom shout out. But um, you know, uh, yeah, the, the jerseys, man. I hope they come out and 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 I don't know why they changed it because it was almost like one of those things where I, unless you saw it, I didn't see any kind of complaint about the jerseys the last two years. And, and no, like, yeah, exactly. So I it's did. like. Not broke, then why try to fix it? Kind I, of deal? I don't know. I think they just wanted teams to wear something different, and it was dumb. I think I think they know now because it, it it's been no secret. Everyone's kind of been complaining about it. Quick little fun fact: This is uh, Johnny Max Chronicles. There you uh, go. We get we get its own music for that. Hold this on. Date, uh, August. I was like August a couple of days ago, nineteen seventy seven. God, I wish I had like old timey yeah, music right now. Besides Christmas songs. The Milwaukee Brewers uniforms got stolen at at uh, Kauffman Stadium in Kansas City, or the 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 dude talk about Kansas City yeah. selling for a billion dollars. The Royals uh, uniforms got stolen at uh, 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 Milwaukee Brewers Stadium, County Stadium in Milwaukee in 1977. So they Brewers wore their home white blue pinstripe uniforms, and the Royals had to play in the old Brewers. Light blue baby uniform. So <laughs> you were watching the Brewers play the Brewers. It looked like an inner squad game. Pretty cool. It's funny though too. Like when we go to spring training, and we sometimes we because spring training guys they only have one uniform. Yeah. So like if you see the Angels and the Reds play, they're both wearing reds, and the only thing that is different is the pants. So that, that kind of almost reminds me of something like that. That'd be cool. That would have been a cool game to go to. You're like, whoa, are the Brewers playing inner squad game. What's happening I know, here? Uh, so this wasn't on the ticket. So yeah, at least, and that's what it kind of reminded me of. You were looking at you change the channel if you're watching the Angel game and you're watching. The Padres, there are – wait, okay, what game am I watching? Oh, I have to yeah. – oh. oh, hold on real quick. Wait, the Padres are wearing the same uniforms as the Angels? What's going on right now? So, yeah, I, I didn't understand that. I didn't – Yeah. Whatever. That was but I like the black jersey. Yeah, I don't know. I have it, so it's all good. You were quick you – were, you were before the, the you curve. You do not like the Angels Periwinkle jersey, but you like the black jersey. Yeah. Yeah. Explain yourself. Black. 
Well, no, it's just because you're a Raiders fan. Let's like we're talking about baseball season or football season coming up, and that's you know, I mean, as long as you know, uh, what's his name, AB can find a helmet. I guess it's cool. But all right, I mean, anything else you want to talk about? We're just kind of yammering, but it's cool. No, I'm good. Um, crappy uh, week for the Angels, but I mean, we just gotta grind through it. I guess. Well, how 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 invested are you? In this next week, and knowing your distaste for the Boston Red Sox, how how fixed on the TV are you going to be this weekend to watch Boston come to Angel Stadium? Uh, I'm not. I'm not as invested as I. I do want the Angels to whoop their ass, but I'm not holding my breath. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. I, I mean, I'm at the point now where I'm watching the games to watch Mike Trout and see what he can do. Yes. I was surprised. What was it like? They said like it's only like the third year he's got like a hundred RBIs. Third or fourth year, like you would think that. Yeah. Well, you got to remember, he's been on teams where a lot of guys didn't get it, get on, on in base. front of him. Yeah. You know, this year the Angels' offense has their their moments where he does come up to the plate, where there's guys on base, so he's able to drive them in. You know, so a lot it, has to do with that. You can't blame him. Yeah, his so third season with a hundred RBIs. First time since 2016 where he had 100 even. MVP season. Right, 100 even. His career high is 111 in 2014. Again, I think that was another MVP, yep, another MVP season. And from all accounts, he is head and shoulders above the rest yeah. this season for the MVP. Yeah. So that's obviously something really, really cool to check out and, and kind of stay tuned for that reason to see what he can do with that. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us. Again, you guys have any questions, comments, or concerns for the show, hit us up at allangelspodcast at gmail.com. That's allangelspodcast on, at gmail.com. Uh, Halo underscore Haven on both Twitter yeah. and, and on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, uh, definitely check us out there. Um, again, subscribe, rate, review, help us out with the uh, – trying to spread the word of the podcast again the season's not going the way that obviously angel fans would hope for but we're hoping to get a better 2020 season 2021 and then with that we're trying to hope to um, obviously grow our audience so if you have an angels fan buddy out there go ahead shoot him a text let him know about us let him know that we exist help us spread the word um but again itunes spotify we have a little hiccup right now with iHeartRadio, but hopefully that gets resolved soon. But we're both on that. Have any trouble at all finding this stuff? DM us. Our DMs are wide open like uh, like a senior on prom night, single senior on prom night. So uh, hit us up. Let us know. We'll, we'll walk you through it, and we'll, we'll shoot you the links. But um, something coming out, uh, the minor league season is coming to an end on, I believe, Monday is the last game. So next week, expect a best of interview with some of the minor league guys we talked to: um, Brandon Marsh, Jemai Jones, Aaron Hernandez, Chris Hernandez, or Aaron Aaron Hernandez, Chris Rodriguez. There's so many, um, but yeah, keep a lookout for that. Uh, it's gonna be a best of, and so that's something that's gonna be really cool to check out. Awesome, cool. Well, that's gonna wrap it up for this week. We'll be back next week for another edition of the All Angels Podcast. I am Johnny Max. I'm Down Garcia. You guys have a great rest of your week.
Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.